straight up getting sideways. We back, we back, we back in the speakers, back in black, getting blasted in the bleachers. It's probably true what my mama said. I do it just like my daddy did. We back, we back, we back in the saddle. We back, baby. And for the record, I do not like that song. I just ducked in We Back. And that's the first thing that came up. And we're back after a month and a half hiatus. And the reason I took a break was because nothing's happening. Nothing has happened in the world in the last two and a half months. Other than about half a million people dying from Corona. But other than that, nothing has happened. I start working Monday morning. I turn my head around and next thing I know it's fucking Friday afternoon and then the weekend comes around and guess what there's nothing to do on the weekend except for watching TV and going outside to walk is this even worth living this life I don't fucking know fuck you corona but we're back and we're back with a great guest returning guest because apparently I only know like six people and I gotta keep bringing them back so Guys, uh, thank you for tuning in, if you're tuning in. Uh, today my guest is my friend and very funny comic, Rob Cruz. That's uh, Cruz as in the C-R-E-W-S, not Cruz as in the Mexican name. That was unnecessary and not funny. Why would I say that? Uh, guys, uh, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, go check out Rob's stuff, his been doing stuff that is very funny all throughout quarantine and corona uh he has a new little web series called attention horse where he posts like a little video clip a minute or so ranting or talking about a topic it's uh very entertaining and he is very funny overall and puts a bunch of great stuff out follow him on instagram uh and also listen to his podcast with my other friend uh, cody wright they have a podcast called what up with robin cody very fun i think i've never listened to it uh i won't until they invite me on but anyways uh his instagram is rob cruz comedy check that shit out uh thanks rob for talking to me it wasn't very exciting because everybody in the world is a little depressed but i don't know uh i started to say that corona is uh, about done i think not really but i'm about done with it so today i went with my buddy chris stevenson two-time guest at blow the horn uh we went to top golf and then we went and had lunch at a restaurant first time i've been at a restaurant in two and a half months and fuck it was nice to feel like it was kind of normal for a couple hours so um, I don't know. I'm still in Georgia. I I quit New Jersey, at least until my job tells me I have to go back. But I'm here now. I uh, Time is weird. It, time goes by too fast. And also not fast enough at the same time. And nobody knows jack shit of what's going on. Uh, nobody knows when things will return. Nobody knows if things will return to normal. Uh, one day they tell you that masks will save your life and then the next day they say that masks aren't that important and then the following day they say that uh, we should uh, close the country until a vaccine or cure is found and then the following week they say that uh, if we keep it closed too long 
the damages from corona is going to be worse or sorry the damages from shutting down the country are going to be worse from corona itself so i think people are you know are having their shit together and that's good that's good that we as a country got our shit together psych uh anyways uh it's memorial day weekend uh i wish we could be out talk telling jokes drinking cold beer in a lake somewhere but we're not we're inside and i don't know but if you're listening i hope you're staying safe and sane i know i've lost it quite a couple of times almost lost it i, haven't, I wouldn't say i've lost it but came close a few times but i don't know man i don't know jack shit you probably shouldn't listen to this there's funnier stuff but if you do listen i appreciate it i appreciate the shit out of you um if you want to be, if you listen to this, honestly, if you listen to this and you want to be on the podcast, I'll, I'll talk to you. I don't give a shit. Fuck. I don't, I don't have nothing better to do. Right. Here's, here's how time works now. I, I literally, I wake up around eight and then I start working from home and then I blink an eye and it's the end of the day, 5 p.m. And then I usually go for a nice long walk. That's literally the highlight of the day. I probably walk for five miles after work every day. And then I come back and I make dinner for my brother and I. And then we watch a little bit of TV. And I've been going to bed by 9.30 sometimes. I don't know. 10.30 at the latest. Not how I envision my 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 late 20s to be going. But what can I do? Uh, I don't know but for real uh, hit me up if you want to be on the podcast if you listen to this and you want to be on the podcast I'll put you on I don't give a shit uh, who, what what other podcast can say that I don't think there's any other other podcast in the world that is going to invite all 12 of our listeners to be on the podcast so I don't think that exists so this is a unique opportunity that you should definitely probably not take because it'd be a waste of time no uh hey, i'll talk to you i don't give a fuck uh I, we had a couple of technical difficulties because we did this over zoom because uh social distancing and so uh there were two interruptions in the conversation uh i hope that doesn't screw it up too bad um yeah i don't have anything to say uh happy memorial day for this is not a joke but Thank you to all the veterans that have served, all the ones that sacrificed their lives for our freedoms. Um, I say that, honestly. I appreciate the shit out of America. My family moved here 15 years ago, and we won the lottery, all right? All right, you guys, take it easy. Take care. It's, uh, I don't even fucking know what day it is. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's Sunday, May 24th, 2020. Enjoy my conversation with reigning Rose Battle Champion, uh, host of What Up with Robin Cody, uh, producer of Attention Horse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my friend, Rob Cruz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the newest episode of Blow the Horn. Today we have one of Philadelphia's uh, funniest and uh, smallest uh, comedians out there. Welcome everybody, Rob Cruz. What's up, Rob? Yo, Welcome back. Yeah, those are high praises, dude. 
Yeah, I mean, welcome back. You're you're gonna be episode sixteen, so you've been on two out of sixteen, and I only know like eight people, so you're probably gonna be on a lot again if you want. Dad, I'm down to come on anytime. Like, yeah, last time you're here is me and the code man. In dude, the, rem- the layer, dude. Yeah, you're on that couch right there. I remember we talked about Corona like it was a thing far, far away. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's fucking. I even I even said uh, I even said you think the guy who named it Corona was a uh, the owner of Dos Equis? <laughs> <laughs> that felt like that felt like it was three years ago, but it was in January. Yeah, are you in Atlanta right now? Yeah, well, yeah, just outside. Yeah, I'm at my parents' house. Yeah. How's that? Uh, it's it's been pretty good. I mean, stuff is open kind of here. So I like today. I went to Top Golf with my friend, and we went out for lunch. So it was my first time in a restaurant and. Two two and a half months, so that was cool. Yeah. How'd it feel? Uh, a little weird, you know. Every time the waitress would come by, it's like, can you just throw it from from over there? Don't don't come over there. Don't, don't come all the way over here. But yeah, just frisbee. But did you uh did did they have rules with the masks and stuff like that? No, uh, they just. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to eat with a mask on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was hearing something about restaurants. They're they're gonna make you wear masks, except. When you're putting food in your mouth, so you're gonna be like, touching just, just the, don't open, dude. Yeah, so you're gonna be touching the dirty part, like every time you're gonna put. That's a mess. Now, so yeah. like all they had was basically uh, we sat outside, and they basically had one table close between each table that was open. So, so like there was like more than six feet between us and the next table. So, that's it. Do, but, do you know if uh, the comedy scene over there is gonna start opening up too, or? So, well, uh, there's like one club, Atlanta Comedy Theater, that I think they're opening up next weekend. Uh, as far as I know, that's the only one I'm aware of. Uh, I was just reading a thread on the Facebook group for Atlanta that uh, everybody's like, all the comics are pretty much scared to start going back out. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I know a couple of places are, I got booked in a show in, on June 11th, a guy that doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> it's, but, it's, but it's like way out of the country. It's almost in Alabama. It's far away as shit. So uh, I know uh, I know Shane Gillis is doing a show at St. Louis Helium like next week. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, 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 there's a club in uh, fuck Oklahoma City, and also one in uh, like, uh, Kansas City. Is it side Splitters or something. One in Oklahoma City, I think it's called Bricktown Comedy Club or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I just I heard uh, uh, Brad Williams and. Jeff Dye on Theo Vaughn's podcast this weekend or this past week, and they both did shows like last weekend. Uh, Jeff Dye was in Oklahoma, or Salt Lake City, and Brad Williams was, was in Oklahoma City. And they they said it was like weird because it was like half empty, but it was they still said it was pretty fun. And the crowd were crowds were like looking forward to watching comedy. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's a it's a big event, it, it's humbling cities a little bit because I always noticed on the road, um. It, it was the the shows that were in the small towns were always the best. Like Grand Junction, Colorado, that shit ripped because everyone was just so psyched to have something to do. Yeah. So like everyone was way more appreciative. They're more down the clown, and then, and then you know what? When you do something like in Denver, everyone's like, "Yo, Third Eye Blind is like three blocks down. Like fuck off." <laughs> so it, it's not as much of a thing. So maybe this will kind of reinvigorate everyone to just be excited about having something to do that's probably gonna last a week and a half <laughs> yeah i know i uh i just had my first hang 
with a few friends. And uh, it, at first it was a little jarring, super exciting. And then, and then immediately I was like, all right, this feels the same again. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So like last Friday of last week, I went to hang out with my friend for the first time. Uh, just went to his house. We just sat on the porch and, uh, and sucked each other off, but that was uh, just at the end. So it's beautiful, man. You, you cut holes in the masks. He has a six foot dick. So I could, uh, Gotcha. I could just sit back and <laughs> gotcha. social distance. Yeah. But, uh, and then, and then other than that, I haven't really left the house much. And then today he had the same guy and I went to top golf and then got lunch, but it's been about it. Not much uh, other than that. So. Yeah. I, I top golf. I, I always hear great things. I want to do it. It seems like such a sick white activity. <laughs> It's kind of like what, what? What's more white than just fucking getting drunk and hitting shit, dude? It's like bowling it's as far as you can. It's that fun, what? more fun. It's like bowling, but not, uh, cooler, I think. Yeah, uh, I I always love bowling, but I just forever sucked at it. Like never got better. Do you always have the bumpers up. I I I always wanted to put the bumpers up, but I know it's a big faux pas in the community. Because <laughs> uh, I used to go to this twenty four hour. Uh, bowling alley with my my dude steve and he was into it like he got his own shoes and ball and I, i'm a big runner i feel like every every uh every bowler his name's steve i feel like yeah so, so like uh one syllable names for sure steve or bob i think those are the two steve, bowler bob names. and rob jeff <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i was the only one dude I, I felt like i was putting shame on my name I, I try and get like the curve going never it rarely works but when you do get a curve and you get a strike you're like yo is my deck fucking 10 feet long dude <laughs> this rules uh, and then you go home and you realize oh fuck just eight shit yeah yeah fucking knock me down to size dude dude when i finished eighth grade just for chance i went to uh, the the campus of the college i ended up going to in illinois and I was just like taking a tour of the campus and they had a bowling alley. And I was like, dude, that's like, I'm going here. Like, that's a dream. Like, I'm going to come here and I'm fucking bowl at school. And then I ended up like later, years later, I'm going there and I literally bowled once in four or five years. Was, uh, how was your school experience? Cause you went for engineering and I, dude, I, I'm, I'm like drowning as like a marketing student. <laughs> so yeah, it was Dre uh, Drexel is like a little crazy with how they like, it's all like accelerated terms, but still, I can't even imagine going to school for engineering. Holy shit. Were you just like in the books the whole time? And then when you did let off steam, you fucking just railing Coke and shit like that. I, I don't even know what I would do, dude. Yes. Well, so my, it was definitely not like typical college experience. Like, especially like first two years I went to, I was in a program that was a partnership between a community college and the university that I went to university of Illinois. So like I did all like the basic like calculus and physics classes at the community college. And then I would take one or two classes per semester at the, uh, at the university. So like I was going back and forth between the two campuses and like, like mostly the community college. So like I, I made like a couple of friends, but just like study buddies, not really like hang out kind of thing. So it wasn't, it wasn't great. Like, and then when I, then junior year transferred full time and, and like for the first couple of years were kind of challenging just because it's like way harder than high school, but it yeah. was doable. Like it just took some, some getting used to it. 
but uh, you, you didn't really have time to party or anything like that. It wasn't much, as much. They don't have time as I just didn't have it, like people or like because like in community college, like half your class is over forty five, <laughs> and then the other class like right. high schoolers are ahead. So it was like they're like thirteen year olds. <laughs> so there's like two people that are kind of the same age, and then and then when I went to actual college, I then I like actual university. Then I became I made some friends and started going out a little bit more. But then uh, it got way harder. Like I would spend like literally yeah. every weekend in the a lab or a library just uh it got like there was like not a like if i had like a day off it would be like once every two weeks i was just like take an afternoon off like on a sunday and then it was yeah it was tough but you know just it's, it's, it's more like a hard work than it's like it's like it's more like a lot of work than actual like once you get used to the the groove, you kind of get used to it. So you just get get used to doing it a lot, like constantly. So yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, I have a weird thing where I'm like usually the the oldest person in my class. Because mm-hmm. I I, uh, uh, I went to Rutgers at 19, dropped out, then did the musician thing for a few years, hit the road a little bit, and then uh, I was doing online classes here and there, like in the van and shit, but yeah like that uh it's almost getting or maybe it's a little over a year that i've been like on campus at drexel at like 26 and it is funny yeah my my last semester i needed i had four classes that i had to take left so it's like i had a lab a mandatory lab class i had a like another engineering class that i had like a a, a law class that was like an elective that people told me were, was cool and then like I needed like a Western civs, whatever class. And I just found the easiest one. So as a senior, I think I was 23 at the time or about to turn 23. I was taking geography 110. <laughs> so it was like me and like all 18 year olds. <laughs> I think I was older than TA though. <laughs> And, yeah. the, and, and the, prof- the and professor was like 29, so I was like a couple years younger than the professor. <laughs> and now, like, that you graduated, are you like, all right, this job is sick? Or are you uh, kind of hoping, like, all right, I hope, like, well, of course, you'd probably like to be a comedian more than that. But Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a dream and, I guess, kind of the goal. But, you know, just as when i got into comedy i was about so like i was about halfway done with grad school so i was like let me just finish this and because i knew i wasn't gonna you know be great and start making money right off the bat and and almost four years later i still haven't so (laughs) (laughs) i feel you they just fucking every time i've made money i think every time i've made money in comedy i spend more getting to the venue in gas and, and toes and shit Oh yeah, like the 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 same thing for music, dude. I remember we would be elated from breaking even. That was like huge to us. Like the, we like couldn't believe that we didn't lose money on this tour. <laughs> it it's insane. I mean, and anything in entertainment like that is. It's it's, it's, uh, it's like I've seen yeah. a couple of your I've seen a couple of your clips, but like, were you like in a full time band? What was I don't I don't know much. Uh, I apologize for. Not going on your Wikipedia first, but <laughs> um, well, I, I was uh, playing music since I was like seven years old, 
And then like in middle school to high school, I was always in bands and shit. And then when I graduated, I did that one year at Rutgers and I was like, I can't do this. Cause I think there was like a lot of what ifs. Uh, so I, I just, leaned in. yeah. What if I'm gay? What if, uh, what if, uh, music never really would get me pussy, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, I've never gotten pussy from music. No, once. And it was like a horrible experience. I real I realized I was like, oh, because these guys are famous. <laughs> it's not Wait. like, I, oh, you can play Smoke on the Water. Can I suck your dick? No. <laughs> it's never that. It's like, oh, you just sold out the TLA. That's cool. I'm going to hear some tits. Um, but, yeah, man. And then uh, – and then I had some cool opportunities to uh, play guitar for this band, Reckless Serenade, that was on the road. And I just kind of jumped into that. We did some cool shit. We did, uh, like, Vans Warped Tour and all that, and that was super fun. And and then from the members of that band, I uh, I was singing in a new band called Moonwalker. And then uh, we, we were on the road for a little bit with that band. And then when that died down, I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, go back to school and finally start this comedy thing. Cause uh, I always liked comedy. Uh, I, I was more into comedy than I was music in my personal time. Like I was always listening to comedy podcasts, watching specials, just obsessed with it. I, I've, I've loved that ever since I was like early high school, but it, I just knew how to do music. So I'm like, I'm going to keep doing this. Every time I saw a special or something like that, I'm like, yo, how the fuck is that guy doing that? Like it really just felt impossible, so I never tried, and then it became kind of a bucket list thing. So, and now, now we're doing it, baby, and it's fun. All right. Speaking of special, I just thought of a question that might be kind of podcast worthy. I don't know. Uh, so, I think you told me once that Mark Norman is one of your favorites, right? Yeah. And so, just uh, I've, I've I've heard him talk about it. Just tell me a little bit about the experience of going to New York and giving him a ride to Jersey. Oh, dude. I mean, that, that was the fucking coolest. The, the way, the way that, that happened was, uh, so my, uh, my co-host for my podcast, What Up with Robin Cody, he got Mark Norman on the show at the Flying W in Medford, where we usually do an open mic. So th th this is like crazy to us. And oh, yeah. uh, the bill was going to be um, Cody hosting, uh, me, James McAlhinney, uh, Troy Moore than Mark Norman. <laughs> and... Um, Just, just for reference, like the typical people that go to that open mic, like other than those and maybe a couple other pretty good comics, but there's like some legit crazy people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's just every mic. They're, they're fucking yeah. lunatics. What's the um, guy with What's the guy with the jet black hair? Uh, oh, uh, I forget his name. <laughs> well, one time I, I said to him on stage, I I don't think he was stoked about it, but uh, I was like, "Yo, dude, I hope one day we can just relax and take our hats off." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wasn't soaked on it but it's like dude you're like 80 and have like jet black hair you know what i mean and also full head of hair <laughs> yeah, yeah. nice guy though but but basically what was gonna happen was mark like I, i think like the week of the show he was saying like oh i need to get down there is it okay if i bring an opener from new york that drives and then it's just cody the guy the feature he brought and then him And then I was like, yo, I'll, I'll go and pick Mark up. And Cody's like, do you mind? I was like, no, <laughs> like not at all. Like, like I, I would, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I would pay you so I can drive him uh, and not even be on the show. Um, so it was cool, man. The, the coolest thing about him was, like, he was exactly how I thought he was going to be, and I'm, like, a huge fan of his podcast. And it was, it was kind of trippy because the whole ride, I just felt like I was listening to a podcast that I was in. And uh, it, was, it was cool being able to just pick his brain about shit. And I'd feel ju- I'll, I'll just feel so uh what's the word uh i was just like worried that i would be like annoying and asking annoying questions did you feel like that or not Uh, yeah Uh, at first it was kind of sending out a feeler but then we immediately like we weren't even out of like the the city yet and we started like talking about like bill cosby and shit like that and and then and then it seemed like pretty natural from there i think at the end i geeked out a little bit too much but i think i think it was all right (laughs) but but for the most part it was cool man and i got to just pick his brain about like the difference between being like a feature and a headliner and um kind of the 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 purpose of what your comedy should do the further along you get because like when you're a feature kind of the the point is just be like hey i'm funny that that's the only thing you want to leave them with like i'm hilarious mm-hmm. and then when you get to like more of a headliner thing it's more so bringing them into your world and also being funny but like with bill burr like you you see the world through his eyes for that hour yeah but i feel like a lot of uh not Bill Burr for sure, but a lot of people kind of forget the being funny part. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, let me uh... like uh, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after we're done recording. But he cited two different comedians that yeah he showed his girlfriend, and there was one comic where she was like, "Oh, I I think this comic is better and funnier, but I love this other person," which I think is like an interesting sentiment. Yeah, I feel like at open mics, I'll, there's a lot of people that laugh at more "quote unquote" established people, just because they're friends and not because they're that funny. Well, yeah, that there, there's a lot of that too. So that there was, a, I just did an online mic, a Zoom mic, and that you can tell they were all in that scene together, and I felt like I was intruding on like a friend hang. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, and it felt a lot like that when I was starting off around here and it's weird because like if if you ever travel and you go to a different city and you do an open mic and you do like your best shit people are going to notice because like they haven't seen you so like you stand out Mm -hmm. but like on the zoom everybody sucks so it's not even like (laughs) yeah and the it's a weird vibe because i'm i'm lucky enough to have like the mic and the interface and i i I try and like perform like i'm doing stand-up and I've, I've noticed either that works or people are like, why are you trying so hard? Fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the few, the ones that I've seen that were relatively good were the ones that people like had like either like a PowerPoint kind of thing or like a background changing kind of thing. Yes. Uh, but I, I, the one I tried, I was, I was just trying to do jokes and I don't know, like my jokes, some of them, I just rely on, on, people knowing that I'm being silly. So by laughing and just like getting nothing in return, just fuck me up all, very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you dude. And, and it really does seem like stand up just doesn't 
really work through this. I mean, yeah. it it really. I feel like you have to cater to the platform you're performing on. Like that. That's why I started this segment, Attention Horse. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. It's it's been really great. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. But I, I wanted to try new stand up ideas, but I was like, I can't present it as stand up because it's not gonna work. So I was like, let's make this seem like a segment, so it's not as weird. Mm-hmm. And that that's basically why I did it. And if the, anybody listening doesn't know, it's a, a show about horses. So go check that out. Yes, fucking horse sluts. <laughs> uh, I actually. But now I, that that's been super fun. Actually, I hung out with Mark Norman a little bit. Uh, it was a, just over a year ago. Uh, he was opening for Bert on uh, on Bert's European tour. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And dude, he was like, everybody wanted to talk to Bert, and so like I, I I talked to Bert for a little bit, but like everybody wanted to talk to him, so I just talked to Mark for for a while. And dude, he kept taking fruit out of his pocket. Like he took like a banana and then like a tangerine, and I'm like, dude, where are you get that fruit from? I was like, oh, it was back in the green room. I just kept taking fruit out of his pocket. <laughs> yeah, dude. I went to Wawa with him and uh, he, he left and he, he like, he, he took a banana out of his pocket. He's like, I got one. <laughs> he, he's just like that dude. And he's, <laughs> dude, he really is exactly how you think he would be, which is kind of cool. Cause uh, I've, I've had issues with being truly myself on and off stage or like on, on and off a podcast. So uh, I'm like, he found like that balance where he is like this otherwise. And then he also makes it his comedy. So yeah, it it seemed like something to strive for because then it's just easier too. you don't have to put on this act for sure. As he was living, uh, it was like, this was what probably one 30, almost two in the morning. I was drunk as shit already. Like Belgian beers are like 12% alcohol. I had like five of them. Uh, (laughs) So like he was leaving. I was like, oh man, I want to run a joke by him. I probably shouldn't do this because I'm fucking nobody open micer, but I'm going to do it. And I think he was a little, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, hey, do you think this would be uh, offensive? And that's how I started. He was like, hit me or whatever he said, hit me fatty. And uh, I I go, I want to do a joke about getting cock blocked by a lesbian. And she came in like a dyke and be Matombo. No, 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 no. And he's like, oh, that, that's funny. Maybe not at open mics, but that's funny. You guys should have tried that. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. He, he said not at open mics. There, there is kind of like a filter you have to run it through. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like, uh, like converting like money. You're like, all right, if I got this many laughs at an open mic, it'll probably be this many laughs at an actual show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, and then sometimes there's the trap of something crushes at an open mic so you think it'll crush an actual show and then it's like no just like comedians thought that was funny mm-hmm. or if you go to that mic enough it's like your friends thought that was funny yeah especially if it's like an inside joke or something yeah yeah and you know we've definitely all seen it where eventually like a comic sensibilities becomes more targeted towards that audience they're performing in front of the most which is comics at open mics so yeah it's an interesting thing to navigate i did right now i'll do a show in front of one person fuck <laughs> like i'm just so <laughs> i'm just want to want to try new shit so bad but there's nowhere like i i told you that joke about the cape that i wrote uh oh yeah and i've told a few people like one-on-one and they all liked it but i was just i just want to try it on stage so bad but there's no no stage to try it on 
Yeah, I know. I, I wonder when in Philly, like in South Jersey, when it's gonna come back. But that that's why I love doing the uh the roast, dude, because it just got me back yeah, the roast, uh, writing yeah. jokes again. The like, roast I, I was just thinking about jokes all the time, which was nice. Yeah, that the roast kind of worked on Zoom, I think. It wasn't I mean it just it wasn't uh it's, it's different from stand-up, so it kind of worked. Uh, it wasn't bad, but right. And yeah, uh, yeah the I, in my opinion, the major utility in that was just not letting that joke writing bra- uh, part of the brain atrophy too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great way to just spend my time. <laughs> dude, you fucking killed. But uh, Thanks, dude. and I and I think it was good because like both you and Zoe, right? You you who you face in the final. Like you two, yes. seem, you yeah, two, yeah, it was us at the end. You two seem to—is that vodka? Ah, damn right, baby. <laughs> uh, now you two having fun out here. You two seem to be the most prepared by far, so it was good to see that you two made it to the finals. <clears throat> I think I, I, I personally benefited a lot. I was saying this to a few people. Like I, I'm not that known in the scene, so I think a lot of people saw me in the bracket and didn't write too much for me. And I noticed the further and further I got along on the bracket, the less people knew about me. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Matt Himes and uh, Mike Hoff did their <laughs> most. The, I, I could tell they did the most research. Um, and those were the first two people I went against. And uh, and then and then I just put. And this is the first time the Wi-Fi went out, so we'll be back soon. All right, it seems like we're back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm gonna leave a six-minute pause on the podcast, so go oh, turn on, go turn to FM radio in the meantime, and just come back in six minutes. Uh, that suspense, baby. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about the roast. How? Uh, yeah, like, uh, like I, I did write a lot, but I also got a little lucky because people didn't know me as much, so. I think I definitely benefited from that. Not to be shitty, but I think my favorite joke was when uh, when Zoe said that Charles still is what happens when you don't have a gender review party. Wait, wait, say that again. Kind of broke up there a little bit. Zoe said uh, Char- Charles too is what happens when you don't have a gender review party. <laughs> yeah, so Zoe killed it, dude. Yeah. Uh, I think people were. I, I think people also underestimated her. Like you and you and her both. People underestimated. Yeah, uh, I do feel like we were both. We were both underdogs in that. And also, people got uh, mad at Ryan for making jokes. Like, go oh, fuck off. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. That's the thing. I mean, he, here's what I don't get. I don't think like either of them really did anything wrong uh he went against cassandra d and like she she was like she, she wasn't doing any deep dive jokes like she was doing surface level shit about him he was doing surface level shit about her what's the big whoop the, dude people need to chill the fuck out yep. it's so not like i i always like read shit on the internet 98 percent of it is bullshit people get pissed over bullshit it's like yo fucking beat off fucking hug your parents like exactly fucking do do something real that all this shit is fake it's all fake bullshit Rona, you mean 
Yeah, yeah. Corona's fake. Fucking cancel culture's fake. Nah, dude. I mean, yeah, I, I saw someone comment. Uh, like, there was, like, these homophobic, racist, transphobic, fatphobic jokes. And it's like, it's like for, fucking... first of all, like, it, 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 that that's the point. And it, it, it's weird. And that comment was made by a comic specifically. And what I don't understand is you out of anyone should know that what we're joking about, specifically in the context of a roast, doesn't necessarily reflect how we feel. Like, yeah. Like that that that's the purpose of it. Like with uh Matt Hyams, um I joked about like I mean, his he, wife he was, of, but he just to be clear, he was very homophobic and transphobic and no just kidding. Yeah, yeah. If there's anyone to cancel it's him. <laughs> no, but uh he canceled dude, himself I mean, by I, losing I, I mean, the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I joked about like his wife having a rape fantasy. In reality, do I give a fuck about that? No. But like it's it's just like, all right, his wife has a rape fantasy. Let's write the punchline to that. And like with a mean twist. And that's what a roast is. So for a comic to be like, wh- why are you making fun of the most obvious thing to roast about? Because that's a fucking roast, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's so dumb. It would be one thing if Ryan like pinned her at an open mic, not in a roast, and is like, you're fucking this, that. like, And yeah, I mean, that's different, but... You both signed up for this, uh, and each person got the opportunity to be as brutal to the other person. It's, I truly don't get it, and it annoys me. I agree. I agree. It was uh, it was the only downside of that whole thing because it was a fun experience, but just people getting mad at jokes is just like comics specifically. Like get go, as Joey yeah. Diaz would say, go uh, go lick my dick and suck my asshole. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just like, it just seems so exhausting to think like that. It's just like, I don't know. Cool it. Yeah. Everyone cool it. You're, you're going to be way happier if you just fucking relax. Yeah. The, the, the shit is not that serious. But I've, I've noticed a lot of people that this comedy scene and this comedy thing is their whole world. So that shit feels like everything to them when it's, it's not, dude. I, uh, uh, I'm really trying to get in a place where I don't put my all my emotional eggs in a comedy basket, because um, then that that way I don't freak out if, you know, something happens. Because in hindsight, it's not a big deal. Uh, I'm trying to get better at uh, not freaking out about small shit like that. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I don't. I think there's too many people that are into comedy for the wrong reasons which is to be funny and <clears throat> hear funny shit and there's a lot of people that are trying to express an opinion and whatever and it's like that's yeah. not that's not the point you're missing the point <laughs> I, I i wonder i wonder if you had this experience as well like first starting uh well when i first started i mostly went to philly mics and then i started doing south jersey more but i i was I came in as just like a comedy fan. I was like, this is such a positive pursuit. We're all just trying to make people laugh. This is people trying to be funny, have a good time. And then when I went, it was such an oddly depressing vibe. Oh, yeah. And it really contrasted what we were there to do. And I I just remember having a panic attack, dude. Like, uh, because I was put at like the second half of a mic. 
might have, I forget where it was, but it was, uh, it was crazy because it's this weird cyclical thing where in the second half, it's mostly new comics and then they go up and they bomb because it's either comics just looking at their notes or whatever. And it's already late. It's like a Tuesday night at like 1 a.m. And then when that person bombs, if they don't leave, they go back into the audience with that energy. And then it just keeps getting more and more of a bummer. And I was just like, holy shit, dude, this was not what I expected it to be. I didn't expect it to be easy, but it was oddly more depressing than I thought it should have been. Yeah, I was lucky that... uh so my first four yeah my first oh, you started four, in georgia i forgot yeah but so my first four times that i went up and that was over like a six month period so that's not good but those first four were all at the laughing school which is like an actual club with actual audiences and i mean looking back it, it was horrible like i was horrible but uh at the time it felt good like at least the first one so those first ones were like oh this is actual you know it's like a it was a, a glimpse of like an actual comedy show not like a, that, that's cool like so when i and then i took like what six months off or whatever and then when i got back to actual when i actually started doing like open mics regularly i was like oh this is kind of depressing uh, but there is like the cool side to it like there's the cool there's also other stuff that that is fun and and how it's supposed to be so like even yeah. like, even though you can you have to grind through the shitty stuff you can look forward to getting to the good stuff so yeah for sure and i do think one gratifying thing of it is through all the bullshit when you find other comics that you genuinely fuck with and uh and then you can just kind of relate with them about it like uh like meeting you was cool like um you know, uh, like Foster, Peggy, Jeff Colella, Rusty, uh, Drew Montana, that dude's fight. Like, it, it's cool just, like, finding your crew a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely helps going, like, going to open mics with, like, a, a friend or something just to at least, like, I'm not very, I'm, I'm not very, like, start talking to people in general. So I just, like, sit back on the back of the room and just watch. And so if I have, like, at least someone I know is a better just to have that and talk to them than just sit by myself. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I was, uh, I, I was big on this with music where I was like, I have to, I have to be stoked about what I'm doing on stage because if you're not stoked about that, every other aspect of it sucks. So if you, if you're not like really excited about what you're about to go up there and do, then the whole thing is misery. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one thing that I, like out of this like break quarantine, uh, like I've like told myself that like a lot of times I'll just go up just cause I thought it was better to go up than to not. And it's like, I would half-ass it or not prepared enough or just go up with like a half thought out premise and not have like a punchline. So that's like something I definitely want to avoid going back. I just want to prepare and not like waste stage time whenever, whenever yeah. we go back. And have you ever gone up with this attitude with the new joke where you're like, this will, this, this will probably work instead of like, this is funny. Yeah. 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 I, I've done that too. And, um, the weird thing is, is when that's validated and then you're like, Oh, should I just like do stuff that works? And, um, 
but then the, then you realize like you did get into this for you so uh, that that's why i'm trying to make this one joke work that i feel like is the most me but doesn't do the best but i'm i'm desperately trying to figure it out it's about like a old couples dying yeah i've seen this yeah yeah and like that that joke feels like the most me like i thought i would have thought about if i wasn't trying to write jokes and uh yeah i I think i need to find a way to make it sillier or something because it's a little bit heavier but um yeah like i'm trying to get more in that mindset of uh kind of doing something that feels a little more true to me yeah i decided that like i'm if i think something is funny i'm gonna try it despite the fact like because not that i did that a lot but like there were times that I wouldn't say something just it might have been a little bit, I don't know, edgy or whatever, just like out of fear people would get not like it. And like yeah. like when I when I interviewed Brett Ernst, that's one th- like the biggest takeaway that I took from it. He's like, dude, if if I think it's funny, it's funny. And so I'll I'll make it funny like eventually. Like if I know my friends will laugh at it, eventually I'll make it so that everybody laughs at it on stage. So just keep yeah. working on it and don't like don't give up because you know just because the first time you tried it it's not it didn't do super well yeah and i guess the the trick is figuring out how to make that shit you find funny funny to strangers so it it is a good exercise to just get used to doing that Um, but i think uh like i'm i'm like like a year and three quarters into it and i'm still uh, i'm starting to get out of it but I'm in that phase where I'm just so afraid of bombing that I'll uh, I'll make a lot of compromises just so I don't eat shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. I mean, I feel like there was like two types of bombs. There are bombs where you cared about it, and there's bombs you didn't. And so, like, if you actually go up on a in a room that you th- feels good and Oh, I'm good today. I'm gonna to do well, and then you go up and you eat, eat a bag of, bag of dicks, and that's that one hurts. But I've had a lot of like bombs that I like. I didn't really care about the set, so which I bombed, and then I didn't care about it. And that's I think that's not a good approach. So I just I'm gonna to try to as even even though it sucks more, I'm gonna to try to to care about the sets, and then if I bomb, then just go back and see what went wrong instead of just not caring enough. I don't know. Yeah. And then also, too, when you're – obviously, there's the thing you learn. Uh, you learn more from bombing, but also learning how to bomb gracefully. Like, uh, I had a little bit of a, a bomb at the the, the barbershop show because uh, I, I can tell, like, some of the shit I was saying was just, like, a little too, like I, – I remember I had a joke about uh, the term bust and chops, and I – basically say like i'm just busting in your mouths and uh it was just silence and then like this one lady was just like ew (laughs) (laughs) and uh and and i i've been trying to think about like all right i'm not their cup of tea but do i double down if i'm not their cup of tea or do i try to appease them or uh, in, in that in that set i doubled down and uh i think that's probably the the right thing to do like you just gotta do. You just gotta be yourself. I think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I didn't have a good set on that show either because I, I felt like I spent too much time preparing it and worrying about like lineup and stuff and didn't prepare my set too much. And but uh, I, I not that it's bad to like tailor your set for your audience a little bit because like it was mostly like 40 ish, 50 ish year olds. And we might break up again because it's telling me my internet is unstable. So if if we break up again, then I don't know. But uh, are, you, are you hearing me still? Yeah, I still hear you. All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I eventually, in the beginning, it's kind of hard because, I mean, we don't, we're just performing wherever we can, right? So it's not like we can pick and choose our audience. But uh, I mean, I've heard people say that eventually you're going to find your audience and your audience is going to find you. So just got to do what, what you believe in and, and hopefully that there's an audience for that. Yeah. And uh, I know people always talk about like, you got to find your voice, your voice, your voice. And uh, the I, I look at that term as like your literal voice, the way you're speaking. Wait, are you still there? But it's about oh, no, to you cut out again. I can hear you, but it's about to go out. Oh shit! Welcome back to our technical difficulty break. We'll be right back with our guest Rob Cruz. All right. So you were talking about transitioning to a woman. Is that how's that going? Oh, dude, it's great. <laughs> We we're talking about finding your voice and yeah, I think, I don't yeah. know. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I know like the literal term, like in comedy is finding like the, like your cadence, basically like your joke telling style, you know, like how you talk up there, but I've been looking at it as that and trying to find a point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I might've said this to you before, but, uh, I have a theory that a lot of the best comics are kind of like, a a fun con- contradiction. They're like this and that, like, uh, like, like Cheech and Chong, like they're stoners, burnouts and like heart, like hearts of gold, like likable. Like if they were just burnouts, it would be super boring. Mm-hmm. Like Bill Burr, he, he's speaking with a ton of confidence then he's also like ah, i'm fucked up like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about yeah so right now i think mine my this and that is uh dick jokes and aw <laughs> <laughs> and i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out my this and that if that makes sense try dick jokes and ball jokes next 100% maybe that's the this and that but yeah uh I don't know, man. I just miss it. I just fucking the, the the whole thing about Corona is that it doesn't seem like they have a fucking idea what to do about it. So. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I I'm trying to stay stay conscious, stay patient with all this, but I, I can feel myself, dude. Like, uh, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I was I was t- telling my friend today. I was like, dude, if it's my time to go, then uh, it's my time to go. You know, I had a good walk. Not a good. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't run much, but I had a good walk. But my dude had a good walk. Yeah, facts. That, and uh, 
Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I'm I'm just chomping at the bit to do comedy, and I, I know com like doing comedy isn't the most important thing that people have to do, but uh, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. Um, it's more important than nurses my, and doctors. Fuck you, nurses and doctors. Just doing your job, being called yeah, heroes yeah. for for doing the job you signed up for. Yeah, not once did I run into a nurse and realize dating was weird. Not once, dude. I've never heard a nurse talk about airplane food, dude. Not once, dude. Or a, they're, or a, they're a, hacks. a crying baby on a plane. Never heard a nurse talk about that. Yeah, blow me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, my my theory, I, and I, I also tapped out from the fucking news, but it's like it, it doesn't seem like people are going to be in full swing till there's like a cure vaccine and that 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 could possibly take up to a year maybe a little more that could that could take for that could be never there's a bunch yeah, of shit yeah, we know it could also be never <laughs> yeah. so, there's no fucking so vaccine for like AIDS. a year year and a half I, I don't know if people have the capacity to wait that long to go back to their normal lives that could be a testament to how privileged we've all become mm-hmm. and uh but we can't take being in our house, even with these high luxuries like TV, video games, Zoom, like endless amounts of content, porn. Like we can't even handle that. <laughs> um, I, I, actually, I, think. I actually finished porn. I finished all of it. You finished all the porns? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've considered paying for it now because I finished all the free ones. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was 18, I finally like... I got my own debit card and shit like that. And I was like, dude, I'm fucking getting a subscription. It was so fun. I got Bang Bros subscription. And then eventually, like, I canceled. I was like, this isn't that tight. But, I, like, I was always watching just, like, the clips of, like, yeah. Bang Bros. And I'm like, one day, dude, I'm going to watch that whole fucking thing. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I fucking did, dude. And it was, it, it was nice. And then eventually it wore off. But. It, I, I did feel like an adult. That that meant a lot to me, and that, that, that's how that's how it felt with comedy, dude. I think that should be uh, the like the requirement to vote. You got to pay for your porn. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, just and like I, there, I would love to see like the the analytics on that. It's like, all right, <laughs> we found that uh, a lot of people in the cuck porn voted for Hillary. <laughs> like it, it like transcends race, age, and like shit like that. She's like, we we found that uh, I don't know, fucking everybody. The, the people that were anal voted independent. Everybody in Utah likes uh, uh, foursomes with six women, or that's that'd be a seven some. I don't know. Yeah. That was that was a failed attempt at a joke. Um, hey, I was a fan, dude. Uh, yeah. So, did you ever finish or? Try again that joke about uh, hugs versus like condoms or, or gloves versus condoms. Oh, not not yet. Uh, I think I I think I I think I'm gonna abandon that one just because uh, I, I think it might be too similar to another joke. And the the way I'm approaching that now, it's like if you think it might be, then it's not even worth the risk. Just just, just keep writing because because mm-hmm. uh, even if that joke does well, and then people are like oh that that's like way too similar to this bit then then what was the point you know yeah well yeah 
I don't know. Um, I thought it was funny when I heard it. So whatever it does worth. Yeah, I like the I like the part you added, but I'm just more speaking on like the the original premise I had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that, this is too similar to something else. So, and then and then I, I know my brain. Like if I if I think that I'm just gonna freak out too hard over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, dude, appreciate you tuning in uh, or joining or staying with me through my failed Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, dude. That, thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know many people, so <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, did, was that last time you were on stage? Was that that uh, the show that Tom put on that we did, or did yes. you do after something after that? Yeah, that that was the last time I was on a uh, stage. Yeah, so it's going on th- almost three months now. So I don't know. At some point, we just gotta say, "Fuck it." <laughs> Yeah, eventually, dude. And you know what? I'm I'm ready for it. Let's fucking go. Let's sling some yucks. I'm ready. Dude, it's not like we were getting more than 10 people to fly in W anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, but we've always been in a weird way social dis- distancing. Yeah. <laughs> Most open mics are pro-social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Just got to have people bring their own mics and then we should be fine. True. Well, I got mine, dude. Yeah. All right, man. You take it easy. Have fun. Uh, maybe, hopefully, we get to do this again soon in person, but probably not. So, stay safe out there. Uh, dodge the Rona. You too, man. And uh, oh, real, real fast, uh, check out my podcast. What up with Robin Cody? I'm and gonna uh, that, I'm gonna cut that party out. Uh, damn it, don't, dude. Don't just damn it. go listen to Joe Rogan. He's professional. He's making hundreds of millions on Spotify. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Add him on your playlist. Uh, go check out go check out robin cody cody is a uh, one of the funniest female comics in all the philadelphia area uh uh yeah, a, i uh, love that check a uh a a felon right or was, uh, was he, was, uh, he felon? Con- was he convicted or no um it was a it was a misdemeanor he did some jail time though or, or was it a misdemeanor i don't know he, he did weekend jail so <laughs> which is like the funniest thing <laughs> yeah and uh yeah also follow me at uh at rob cruz comedy on instagram i got what we were talking about earlier uh that that segment attention horse which is the fastest growing segment in the united states of course i mean i think i think i saw obama reposted it uh i thought i think it's i saw uh hillary uh talked about it on uh and then joe biden said that if if you're not watching it you're not black so Right, and I agree with that fully, you know, and uh, I think uh, some of their drones are following me on Instagram now. It's fucking. And that was it. We could not make this work properly, and by we, I mean my Wi-Fi is shit, so thanks, Rob.
song uh guess who made it yeah the guest of the podcast today rob cruz that's his song he used to be a legit musician uh, it's called back to the wall check it out on youtube and spotify and i think i don't know uh, but that's it thank you for listening i hope you guys are safe and sane and if you're not um good luck i don't know uh adios muchachos bye bye